Welcome to RPG Cast episode 275 for the week of August 17, 2013. RP Gamer here with the best collection of jolly RPG nuts on this side of of Dragon Quest. First off from the East Coast, Emmanuel Marino. Hey. <laughs> yeah. There's no energy on the East Coast. Then on the West Coast of Britain, or are you in the Southern Coast of Britain? I'm on the South Coast of the Britain. The South Coast of England. And the UK and Britain and the British Isles. John Yearworth. Yes. Yes. And finally, from my couch, Anna Marie Privetier. Hello. And then last and definitely least, I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here to bring you the show about RPGs that we do every week, live at RPGamer.com at 11 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. And we are actually almost on time today. <laughs> it's a miracle. I am absolutely, like, positively shocked that we are on time. Like, yeah. Genuine, genuine surprise. My camera has just gone completely out of focus. Wow. This is cool. All right. Well, let's see. What do we got first here? We should talk about what we've been playing, I think, because that's what we do every week. So jumping into it, I'll lead you off by talking about the fact that I have finished those first two Phoenix Wright games on my iPad. Yeah? Nobody cares. And all Those the games are popular. Too. Even RP Gamer Twitter was playing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I fixed that. <laughs> I fixed that. So don't give me that. You mean deleted it. I deleted it, yes. <laughs> and fixed it so it wouldn't tweet anymore. Oh, very frustrating. I have an achievement I can't get in that game. Um, I can't complete case four of the first game, and I can't get the achievement for it, so I can't get a perfect achievement record, and it's really frustrating because I spent hours trying to make it trigger. Because <sighs> we know how important iOS achievements are. I know, right? Yeah. Oh, well. You know, some people have over a billion achievements. Do they? Have you seen all the hacks on every leaderboard ever? Oh, yeah, I guess it would be a hack to get to that level, wouldn't it? Hmm... Well, um, in addition to that, we I got another iOS game. And Anna, you got this too. Plants vs. Zombies 2. Yes, and I've been playing a ton of it. And I played not as much as Anna, because then she stole the iPad from me and has been playing it since. <laughs> so, it's like Plants vs. Zombies 1, it's like they took all of the game mechanics that worked really well and chucked out a couple that were sort of middling and improved the graphics and the flow of the game and bam. So I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, so it's PVZ2 out of time. No, it's about time. It's about time. It's about time. And it, and it is it about is. time. <laughs> so one of the first things you do is um, there's a great reference to Plants vs. Zombies 1 and Dave's Taco. And then you hop into your time machine, like redneck mobile, and yes. go back to ancient Egypt. I want one. Yes. So um, the game itself is free. You can spend about $20 to unlock. Eh, 25 I think it was yeah. what it was. To unlock all the major things. And then you also have the option to buy coins at any point. So it is absolutely like if you get very easily tempted to spend money, don't play this game. If you're in Candy Crush Saga Rehabilitation, don't play this game. 
But well, I mean, and also keep in mind that articles have been put out this week that this game is better if you don't spend any money. Right. Maybe making it too easy by spending money. Really? I haven't found it too easy yet. Me but I mean, neither. So I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know if they're playing the third star on every level. Ah, that could be it. So here's how the game flow works. And it's really ingenious because they've managed to reuse levels in a way that doesn't make them completely boring. So what you do is, for example, you go through Egypt and I think there's like 12 levels in total. Um, and some of those levels give you stars. Except when you get to the end of Egypt... You need 15 stars to go on to the next time period, and you only have about six. So every level that didn't have stars up until that point suddenly pops three additional stars. And those stars represent a challenge. So there'll be things like don't plant in the last two rows because Dave is growing a mold colony there. Um, pretty much all of them are don't use lawnmowers. And then there's things like you can only spend a finite amount of sun or you have to manufacture a ton of sun or you can only have 15 plants at any given time. So it's a new – you have to figure out a new way to work that level. So, Which is great. That's something I thought the first game was missing is like if you had a mastery over the mechanics, um, the game became way too easy. Right. So you needed challenges. And this is really good because it does actually force you to think about the ways that you are playing the game. Because, I mean, for me at least, it's like on a typical map, I'm planting two rows of double sunflowers and then I'm filling the rest of the board. Just because I have so much sun production, there's no point in doing anything else. And so um, this actually, yeah, it, it makes you think about what plants you're using. And, like, I didn't use potato grenade or... What are those things that come up under the ground? And when they explode, spud they, grenades, spud yeah. mines. Yeah. So when they explode, they go spadow. And uh, yeah, I mean, I never used those in the original game, and I'm using them all the time in this one because they're cheap. So yeah, it's just I like it because it's it's made me completely rethink of the way that I play the game, and I really appreciate that. So. I could have left Egypt at this point. I think I have 20 stars. You only needed 15 to move on to the next era. But um, I'm just, I'm liking them all that I want to keep going. Oh, and the other thing is, is during the level, you can pick up keys. And there are doors in the level that you can unlock in any order. And they give you power-ups. So, for example, the double sunflower that I mentioned is a power-up that I unlocked. And I also unlocked the ability to have an extra thing of plant food. And I think the last thing that I haven't mentioned is um, you get coins, and instead of buying new plants out of the back of Dave's car, like in PVZ1, um, you can buy power-ups that can be used during the level. And they're all action-based. So it's like one is like you pinch the heads off all the zombies, and one of them is you drag your finger and electrocute them. And the other one is you fling them off the screen. So it depends on how you want to deal with the zombies. So yeah, that's PVZ2. Definitely get it totally worth it yeah even if you don't want to put any money into it it's still like really well balanced and you should play it um okay in addition to pvz2 i also uh i i dug out because okay so rpg cast listener eric kelly eric rpg 
linked on Twitter this past week, some dude who's playing through um, Disgaea 1 and doing a Let's Play on YouTube and was doing the end game optional content from Disgaea 1 that I never did because who has the time to grind for all that? So I got sucked into that Let's Play and I've been watching all the end game content and I'm like, okay, I want to get back into this Disgaea stuff. And I'm thinking back like, what's the last Disgaea game I played and where did I leave off? Oh, right, Disgaea Infinite, like the visual novel one. And so I dug that out of storage last night, and I got uh, I, I started playing, and lo and behold, a couple hours later, I've beaten Disgaea Infinite. So Chris is, adds another one to the win column in 2013. Disgaea Infinite. Woo! Okay, nobody cares. Well, I care. Anyway, um, <laughs> I still had fun watching through the story of that, and I think I might jump into Disgaea 2 next. So i got to figure that out. Wow, no comments from anybody. Okay, so <laughs> in addition to that... <laughs> um, Anna can attest to the fact that I got really nerdy this week. Stories came out about how to do street pass hacking. Did we talk about this last week? No, you talked about it on Geekly Weekly. Oh, okay. Stories came oh, no, out. I thought, I thought we mentioned it on the cast last week. I think we mentioned it. Um, yeah, stories came it. out about how to hack your home wireless point to make it do the street pass relay stuff. And I've picked up a cheap access point, put on the DDWRT firmware, which is really neat. And hacked it so that we now get street passes from people around the world. So, the only problem is that it leaves an open Wi-Fi access point on your network. Which is kind of crappy. So, I need to figure out how to do some security there with Mac filtering and stuff. But, uh, pretty cool, I think. So, we're having fun with that and we're getting tons of street passes. Right, Anna? No? Maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you turn it on. When I turn it on, yes. <laughs> So I've got it rotating every 15 minutes. We get another street pass. Um, I can try and do it. i got to tweak that street script some. But yeah, so that's cool. And that's all I got. Anna, do you want to finish up with what else you've been playing? Um, Yeah, because I've actually been playing a few things this week. Um, I picked up Mario & Luigi Dream Team on Sunday. So Yay, and, and what else did you get? A 3DS XL in yeah. black. Yeah, now you have a 3DS XL. Yeah, you got tired of me stealing yours. I did. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I wasn't sold on the XL at all. Like, I was just like, whatever. Like, just, it's bigger. Who cares? And I was, for me, the concern was the weight because I just have little hands and I sort of play, you know, sort of with my elbows sticking out and I don't support my arms terribly well when I play handhelds like I should so I was just like oh I don't want this heavy console and blah 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 and then I started playing with Chris's because we downloaded the Fire Emblem DLC onto it and then I didn't want to go back to my little screen so yeah we have now switched me up to an XL it was uh, on sale at Target this week so and it, it w- probably wasn't going to be any cheaper on Black Friday the only cheaper thing I've seen is that Nintendo just started selling refurbished ones for $5 less than we got it for, at Target. But that's that's it. That's a refurbished one, though. And I wouldn't have been able to get black. Yeah, that's true. So I actually really like the black one. It is very, very pretty. It's black. How is it yeah, pretty? Yeah, you think it's boring, but I just I like it. Very svelte, huh? Yes. It's like the same black as the inside of your blue one. Mm-hmm. Just all around. Well, at least we can so, tell them apart. Yes. So, yeah, we've been playing a ton out of those 3DS minigames because of that point we set up. 
Um, and it's funny because having 10 people in some of those games completely changes the dynamic, especially Me Force. Me Force was my least favorite out of all those. Like I was skipping it when I only had one or two people because it just wasn't fun. But yeah, having 10 people totally makes a huge difference in that game. And so, yeah, I've been playing Mario and Luigi Dream Team. And um, yeah, it's Luigi falls asleep on things and you jump into his dream and play through the dream. And the problem is, is that it gets really spoilery really quickly. So I'm not sure what else I want to say beyond that. You are saving the citizens of the ancient race of Pitillos. And Bowser jumped into my dream at one point. And has... Huh? Oh, pillows. Oh, I Pillows. Pillows. Got it. Yes. And so when you find them, they're actually petrified into pillows. Ah. So Luigi flops down on the pillow, falls asleep, creates the dream, and Mario jumps into the dream and saves the pillows. So. <laughs> so are yeah, you enjoying I've, the ear of Luigi, Anna? I am enjoying the ear of Luigi. Do we need to get su- new Super Luigi U? Um, let's finish Mario first. Okay. So, and then, um, last game that I've been playing this week is Hearthstone. Oh, Which you yeah. just got. Yep. So, I just randomly checked my RP Gamer email this morning. I hadn't really checked it yesterday. And, um, yeah, it was like, here's your beta invite to Hearthstone. And I'm like, cool, let's try it out. So, I've played um, four different battles now. I beat up Hogger. I beat up Millhouse Manastorm. Yes. So, who am I playing right now? I am playing against um, King. Wary, right? Oh, Varian? I'm playing against King Mukla. Oh. He's the guy in Stranglethorn Vale, the really big monkey, like King Kong. He steals the Taran maiden. But yeah, it's fun, and I'm gonna have to take some time to put down my thoughts in writing form before I talk about it on the podcast. So next week, mm-hmm. who's next? Uh, Manny. Nothing. Oh, really? Nothing. Nothing. You didn't even take advantage of the fact that Baldur's Gate is back on the App Store? Who cares? <laughs> okay. And John? Um, Kerbal Space well, Program, I bet. No, no, no. <gasps> I, I've been playing something very interesting this week. Uh, mm-hmm. An indie title called Papers, Please. Oh, Papers, Please. I've seen yeah. that. I like how you say it as if nobody's ever heard of Papers, Please. <laughs> well... I kind of get the idea that nobody has. No, are you joking? That is the indie darling. The only thing that's more talked about than Papers, Please is Gone Home. Well, what about Hotline Miami and... No, 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 I'm talking about, like, are you kidding me? This month, this week, it's all that anybody's been talking about all month. Yeah, why is that? Because Papers, Please was months ago. No, it just came out. It just came out on Steam, Giant Bomb was playing it. No, no, no. Yeah, it just came out. It was like a beta version out for people. I think it was Kickstarted or something. Oh, yeah. The beta's been out for like a year or so. And you can play it online. You can enter your name. For like seven or eight days or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's what they were playing. All right. Yeah, so it just came out on Steam, Humble Store, GOG, that kind of thing. You can go pick it up now, the full retail game with the full full story, everything. Yeah. It looks so depressing. It is. That's the point. Okay. That, that is sort of the point, you know. You play a border control agent at some kind of, um, you know, Soviet Russia-inspired communist hellhole. Estroika. Yes. And you sort of have to decide um, whether or not you're going to do your job properly. Yeah. It's so, paper kind of... please is a very, very um, 
it, they really analog a lot of stuff from the real world. So things that games would normally take care of for you, you have to manually take care of in this game and look in pieces of paper and drag them side by side. Well, that's and, fine. Yeah. And so you are this papers inspector at the border. And no, you you're a customs or custom custom passport agent, right? Okay, yeah, you're yeah. basically a passport guy, not customs. So you ask well, for papers, okay, please. Thing, but... You look for problems with them, and then you have you get judged. Ba- you what? You get judged based off whether or not you make the des- right decision to reject the person or let them in. No, and you don't get. You don't lose any money for rejecting people. If you well, no wait, you don't get a penalty for rejecting people, but you don't get any money for rejecting them either. And you have to make a certain amount of money every day to make your rent. I thought that food. you, if you reject too many wrong people, it ends your day early. No. No. What you happens get, is don't get paid. Um, oh, okay. What happens in the full version is um, you 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 have to make the right call. You are allowed, and that's whether to let them in or not. Um, you get money for every uh, person you process, so that's a pass or reject. However, for every um, you are only allowed two mistakes before you start getting penalized monetary wise, like. And the, and the penalties start to stack up. Like, the first time you penalized, it's five credits, then ten, then fifteen. I think the first two might be five, and then it, then it starts to add up. So you can't make too many mistakes. Okay. Otherwise, you won't be able to... You won't be able to pay your rent... Well, you know, normally the things that will come up is you won't be able to pay your heat bills and you won't be able to pay for food. And if your if your family gets sick because you know you're not providing enough uh, heat, for example, or food, uh, medicine also costs money as well, and it's not cheap either. And then if you don't get on medicine, they die, and you lose yep. the game. If all of your family dies, that's one of the endings. Awesome. <laughs> but the the thing is, is this is what I mean by having to d- sort of determine b- between doing your job or not. Um, the uh, some of the immigrants will ask you. Some of them will bribe you. Some of them will give you sob stories, and it's kind of up to you whether or not you decide to, well, listen to their story and and let them in anyway, or just do your job. And sometimes, if you let the wrong person in, they cause an incident and that closes the border for the day, and you make no more money. Yeah, the some days some days end early because of uh, security breaches. Um, I, I kind of don't, I wouldn't want to talk too much about kind of the story aspects of the game. I just find it very interesting how they, um, take a very simple mechanic, which is looking for discrepancies in paperwork, and then actually manage to craft, like, a sort of fairly decent narrative out of it, told entirely on, like, one screen, which is the screen, like, that you do all of the paper inspecting on. It, it's really well done. <laughs> Um, the game, the, the the game difficulty is mostly handled by um, as time goes on, um, the uh, Ministry of Admissions adds more and more rules to who can be admitted, as well as what paperwork they must be carrying. Um, and for example, in the first day, uh, you basically reject anyone who's not native Arsdotskan. You know, anyone who comes in with a with a passport that isn't Arsdotskan, you just hit the deny stamp. Simple. Um, and then from the second day onwards, they say you can start letting people in, but they've got to have valid passports. And then it gets to more complicated things, like they must have um, up-to-date vaccinations okay. after a polio outbreak. Hmm. It's ten bucks. It's the latest. Well, it was the indie darling until Gun Hoon came out. 
Until, How come yeah, we what? haven't played this? It sounds fun. Until what came out? Going home. Oh, so what's what's going home about? It's uh the the latest indie darling. I'm sure you can find everyone on Twitter and everyone ever and Jonathan Blow and Nina Sarkeesian. Like you name the who's who, everyone. This, this is the game to talk about. Going yeah, home. That doesn't tell me if it's good or if I want to play it though. I don't think you would enjoy it. Oh, okay then. That makes. I don't know. Bad. You, you You're not. You don't. You don't really seem the type who's into the indie movie. The indie movie. No, an indie movie. You're not like an indie movie guy. So it's like a really artistic story thing that has like, sad yeah. endings and and all that crap. It's all story. It's you walk around the house and you basically you spent a year in Europe and you're coming home to an empty house and you're basically looking through your house, looking through people's things, looking through your parents and your sister or whatever, whoever's bedroom. Picking up things, looking for stuff, and telling a story of what happened through their their things that they left behind. That sounds very depressing. No, not really. No? It's more touching than depressing. Oh, okay. But it's been getting rave reviews. For example, Polygon gave it a ten. Mm-hmm. IG, everyone's giving it like nines, tens. People won't shut up about it. Okay. But yeah, this is. Like it's funny how quickly we forget about the last indie darling because no one's talking about Papers Please no more. They're all talking about going home. And briefly for a week they were talking about two brothers, right? I don't even remember that one. Okay. Because <laughs> it happened to be it's between. It's an RPG. Ah, I see. Is it? All right. Well, that's something. Nobody cares. All right. Yes, Papers Please. Papers would Please. Highly re- would highly recommend. I have, I have, uh, I have finished it. The story, the, the the story mode doesn't actually take that long, um, but you can go back to any of the days in which you've played in an attempt to get different endings. And the game does count like what could be described as bad endings as endings. And there's quite a lot of different ones to get depending on certain actions that you take. Oh, the game was called Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. That's what it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I've been playing is um, the. 14 beta or or was until last night and now it's over no not that it's over i i just got i'm in that like 0.001 percent of people that got hit by the uh 3102 bug oh no i don't know what that is uh it's the thing where the game thinks you're still logged in oh oh so you can't log in at all Ooh. I can't log in on my main. I can log in on uh, any characters on the Japanese data server. It's like there's some guy asleep at the wheel over in Montreal. Huh. Oops. Yeah. Oh, well. I had a lot of fun yesterday, so... And <laughs> the stuff's not going to... Unless there's any serious problems, the stuff's not going to get wiped, so it's hardly like my character's going anywhere. Okay. Oh, let's see. Anything Here you else? go. Adam Sessler just tweeted like, like 10, 15 minutes ago. Okay, I finished Ed Gotten Home. Bravo. I didn't realize how much I wanted to play something like that. Bravo. Ooh. I'm just saying though, this is like, if you want to hear what the one that everyone's playing is, Gone Home right now and people are loving it. And I suggest don't look anything up and no read no reviews. Yeah? Yeah. How much is Gone Home? $20. $20? <sighs> See what I'm saying? How much? How long does it last? See, there exactly. You asked the wrong question to begin with. Not your thing, Chris. Dude, I don't go to a movie. It, okay, 
I don't pay twenty dollars to go to the movies. Why would I pay twenty dollars for a little indie movie game? Exactly. That is a good so. question. No, no, no. That's exactly the point. If you if you if you never mind. I appreciate I good story experiences, but I mean, gosh, I got things like um, digital love story for free. What am okay. I paying twenty bucks here for? Okay, and that I and that like I said, that's why I said it's not for you. Uh, for the beginning, that's I knew why you'd have this me. reaction. Uh, twenty dollars. Exactly. Steam sale. <laughs> I mean, which I find weird though, because you buy like eight hundred dollar iPads. I do not this year. I have not bought an iPad this year. You know that's what I hate about Apple users in a, in a nutshell. They'll, they'll they'll buy the most expensive you know products, and they'll get like the most expensive version of said product. But you pay more than a dollar for software. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a difference between ten dollars and twenty dollars and one dollar. No, it just reminded me of Apple users. Period. Okay. Hmm. Just the gripe I think a lot of a lot of people have about the iOS store. Period. Right. Five dollars for this game. Get it. Get it. But it's not five dollars. It's twenty. No. Once again, I've moved on. I'm talking about something to remind me of iOS users. Okay. All right, all right. Um, let's see. <laughs> when I'm not being criticized for being a cheap ass, let's see. Oh, wait, no, I already talked about mine. Um, too bad. I had a good transition there. Uh, Quinn, you done? Yeah, I'm done. Oh, and Manny's done. Hey, we're done. We're done with what we played. I want to take a moment here and congratulate Thanks, everyone. Everybody. Tune in next week. And No, wait, wrong done? We didn't really get any feedback. We got like a couple posts on the message boards, but is anything worth talking about in your opinions? Anything you want to bring up? Well, we should have asked we asked the wrong question. We should have asked we what did. everyone else uh, uh kickstarted or Ooh. crowdfunded. Yeah. Yep. What did everyone else kickstart? That's that is the that would have been the right question. But it would have been a long list. We base would have gone through like every gaming kickstarter ever. Or you can just see what the most popular ones were, right? Yeah. Well, um, it's funny you bring up Kickstarter, though, Manny, because my first story for you today is about Kickstarter. What about? There is a new game being brought together by a bunch of veteran video game designers, uh, both Western and Japanese ones. So creator and producer is Hiroaki Yura, who worked on stuff like Valkyria Chronicles and Diablo 3. Music's by Nobuo Uematsu, and other names were not listed, but it's called Project Phoenix. And when and I put this story, when I put this story in the lineup, Anna groaned. Tell me why you groaned. Well, there's a reason why they didn't name the other people because the things that they did, the things that they're credited for, they don't want to admit to it. So, for example, and this is the issue that I, this is one of the many issues I have with this pitch is that um, it's like they're naming people. It's like people that worked on L.A. Noir and Halo 4, and they're naming all these big, cool games. But number one, the guy that worked on L.A. Noir was like a junior QA assistant. And now he is like one of the lead artists. Well, you so, gotta start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but if I bring you, but if I brought coffee to like, you know, Garnet Lee or something, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I was in the games press, I worked at 1UP. I gave him coffee. Right. I mean, that's the equivalent. Hey, that's my job! <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you recognized that callback, Chris. That was very good, Manny. <laughs> so, but I mean, you you see why I think that it's a little questionable. Yeah. 
So, and the other thing is, is the title of this Kickstarter is like a JRPG from the East and West, except everywhere else in the Kickstarter, it's referred to as an RTS. And if you watch the video, it's an RTS. No, but it has RPG elements. Yeah, but it's not what a JRPG. What doesn't? <laughs> you, you know, the funny thing is, I think that, and this is, may sound like I'm being, no, I think legitimately the new Call of Duty multiplayer is more of an RPG than this. Yeah. I mean, I think Grand Theft Auto is more of an RPG than this from what I've seen so far. Ooh. Ouch. It's true. So it's like already funded. Well, and here's the... Here's Four times the, over plus, right? Right. And here's the thing is I was actually discussing this with someone last night who... Five um, times over. Yeah. Who um, had saw it and was like, yeah, I, I think that they're blowing out of proportion who's working on the game because... Umatsu-san works for anything that he finds vaguely interesting and they'll pay him for. Oh yeah, not only that though, he's uh did you guys know he's working on that uh that Wind Waker like game on the yeah. iPad? Yeah. yeah. He, There's a he, Wind Waker like game on the iPad? Yeah, it's a uh, uh what's it called? Dragon Horn Ocean Horn. Ocean. It's coming out soon. It's like Wind Waker on your iPad. It looks really nice. Oh cool. So I think it's cool that they got Umatsu-san and I'm not dissing him because hey, he's in a hometown story and I think that's a big coup. But getting Umatsu-san to do music for a game isn't the precious thing that it would have been four or five years ago. <coughs> Ten years ago. All right. Anyway. Whatever. Yeah, you right. know. <laughs> when he was exclusively the Final Fantasy guy, then it would have well, been a coup. Yeah, him. but I mean he had to no longer be an exclusive Square employee before he could start doing independent contracting like he is now. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of issues with this Kickstarter. I also sort of WTF at the idea that they need six lead artists and are still asking for money to farm the, the art out. I mean, I can't even think of a game that has spent millions of dollars on development that had six lead artists. And that was actually the the pinnacle of the conversation I was having with um, one of my buddies last night because it's like the thing that he pointed out is this isn't a $100,000 game. It really is a multi-million dollar game. They just set, a, set the you know minimum at $100,000 for the same reason that Penny Arcade set their minimum at a dollar. Well, I mean, th- maybe they have a deal where if they can show some interest, they can get other funding. That's exactly what I think it is. I mean, and that's not, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, but I also think it's disingenuous to not mention that. Mm, okay. Yeah, you're right, because other places that have done that have mentioned that we need to show oh, some uh, interest. Mm. Camouflage said it stated up yeah, front. Yeah, yeah, good point. You know, I, I, I think that if you need to generate interest and you need, you know, half a million on Kickstarter in order to get an angel investor in, then that's fine, but I think you should be upfront about that. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, this, there's nothing wrong with disclosure. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean... The the problem is, is if they're going to have a backer outside of Kickstarter, then they're going to have pressure from that backer in order to have a certain content or a certain release date. And we know how much that sucks. We know how many games have come out in the last month that were broken because the publisher forced them. You know, it's funny, though. When I was looking at this pitch, I was especially at the goals, I thought to myself, 100000 how in the world are you going to make this game? Exactly, awesome. right? Right? You know, this is literally a multi-million dollar game disguised as $100,000. Well, the way they describe it, the people – just paying all the people they have, I can't – like I, I'm sure paying Uematsu takes a huge chunk out of that alone, of that early first 100000 I, I doubt he's work. been paid yet. I think no, but when he does get paid up, up and if they don't get a lot of money, he'll make one music track. 
but you know when I, when you start getting up to the Kickstarter goals, I mean that, that's what I don't like is what I hate is when a Kickstarter game isn't the base level price. The actual game is like the six reward tiers above it. Does <laughs> <laughs> that happen that often? Oh yeah. Uh, remember the Jagged Alliance game? No. There was a Jagged Alliance Kickstarter. Which Jagged Alliance is what again? It, that? that was the, the that was like the. Wasn't there a brand name colon Jagged Alliance or? Yeah, Jagged Alliance. It's a big like it's a big strategy game. Okay, series. all right. We get some, but uh, the guys who are doing what's it called uh, the Warhammer Space Marine game mm-hmm. that just came out on Steam. They're, they did Jagged Alliance Kickstarter and and Rock Paper Shotgun. They're very upfront about how what they really want need to make the game that they want to make is a million dollars. But if they felt like if they asked for that, they they have a risk of not getting it. So they they aimed much lower and hoped they would make it up in Kickstarter. Like I think for some reason everyone thought that they were going to be the next Tim Schafer on Kickstarter or something, or the next Project Eternity, and, and like or Brian Fargo in, with an, in Exile, because they they lowered their initial funding goal to three hundred thousand, and they said yeah well you know we'd rather make a small tiny sliver of the game that like original goal of the game that we wanted to than not ever make it at all. Sure. But to really make the thing we really want to make, we mean maybe need closer to a million. So we're hoping we get there with the Kickstarter with the stretch goals. Hmm. So, but they barely crossed the three hundred thousand dollar mark, like just barely. So in the end, they like maybe like forty thousand over. But well, I mean, it, can you fault them for that when they're trying to stay in business as a studio? But they have other contracts making other games. Oh. They're not going out of business. Ooh, okay then. It's more the like I said they they got the contract to make the workshop games for Warhammer games, hmm. so they're doing fine. It's just you can clear the pitch that they were selling under Kickstarter was not the three hundred thousand dollar game. Okay, I, it's I think the game that they're that they're going to end up making is going to be a lot smaller, tinier than even they wanted to make. I mean, if if you the funny thing is you read yeah, I hate that I have to go to other sources to find this kind of stuff out that I have to read. Rock, paper, shotgun to see the game that they're actually trying to make and then look at what they're going to fit in there. It's like, oh, it's going to be like, oh, I don't know, I mean, a third, a tenth of what they actually wanted. Mm-hmm. So, like this one, 100,000. And you look at the actual Kickstarter goals. What are, I mean, the stretch goals. Let me see. What are they? Like, one of them is to add, I'm sure, Anna, you have it in front of you right now, right? For which? Oh, uh, the project. I Phoenix. Have it. Phoenix? I have it. No, I don't. Stretch goal. $100,000, their minimum goal. 300000 double the amount of character and monster models. Uematsu writes additional music. Um, 650000 detailed city system. Full modeling of the cities and towns. Customizable character creation. $1,025,000. Not $1,000,000. $1,025,000. Fully explorable overworld. Complete with an upgraded combat transition. Not system. Transition. Fight inside the Kraken. two additional zones, some side stories, and Eminence cross Umatsu cross Kurlander collaboration. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe this case less so, but still some of the stuff. I'm okay with... mm. You guys weren't going to have a city before? That kind of seems like a big... Like, some of these things seem like a big change. In game design and like what the game is like okay so without a city this is what okay now you have a full city you walk around that seems like a big change to the both the game and the story and the presentation and everything you're doing you know what All was right. it before there was a full city 
So oh, we just have one word of dialogue. You come in. Hi. So let's look at the rewards here. Um, whenever we talk about a Kickstarter, I like to talk about the top reward. <clears throat> $10,000 or more. Limited. Two of two are left. No one's jumped on this. Surprising. Phoenix level. Our artists will assist you in designing one of the game's hidden bosses. It includes a 3D printed model of a game character of your choosing, a 3D model reference sheet, a framed concept art of the character with background, all signed on your request. On top of that, you'll get to sit in with the developers at the studio, have dinner with the developers, receive an invitation to the internal developer launch party, and get exclusive VIP access to all of the conventions and events for the game. Hmm. Okay, uh, let's see. So my question is, wow, and oh, there's, and there's course, actually multiple $10,000 levels. But yeah, go ahead. You forgot the important thing, man. Transportation accommodation is not included. Yes, you have to pay for your own hotel and flight. Um, <laughs> so I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know because they've got two other. They've got boss, NPC, and oh, depending on what you want to design. You can also design a player character or an NPC. If you want to, so the player characters are all gone. The NPC and boss ones are not all gone. Okay, so do you get the game if you do one of those levels? They don't really say. <laughs> I would have hoped they oh, would say includes all developer level rewards. Okay, what's okay. developer level? Developer level is, um, okay, a lot of shit. So yeah, you get all this stuff. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully we'll see. I actually more see what the RPG elements are since we're talking about this on RPG. So it's RPGs, they right? call it an indie RPG. Like okay. right here on the page, and it is a JRPG with squad-based RTS game design. Whatever that means. Cool. Brought to you by veteran developers and cre- what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. They show off like no gameplay, do they? And that's the other thing that bugs me when a project has no gameplay to show on their Kickstarter. But well, we'll see. Support the rebirth of JRPG. Oh, that's why it's called Phoenix. Okay, now you're taking yourself a little too seriously. Um. I don't know how I feel about this. It's I don't know. This is why I think that the whole pitch is kind of baloney. Yeah. Because it's like support the revival of JRPGs with an RTS. I'm pretty mm. sure. I'm pretty sure Persona has been doing just fine in that department for a while now. The concept. Yes. This hmm. this idea that JRPGs need a a rebirth with all of the amazing indie JRPGs coming out. Kind of just makes me facepalm. And even like, and even stuff like SMT4 just came out and people liked it. And guess what? That was as JRPG as it gets. Okay, so I'm looking through their their alternate display of their rewards. If you get if a certain level, you get a little phoenix who will follow you around throughout the game. So that's cool and cute. Anna would like that. And then if you would donate a little bit more after you beat the game, you can use your phoenix as a mount and ride through the game. Which I'm like, well, why can't I do that when I play the game the first time? But okay, whatever. That doesn't bug you guys? Okay, sorry. Well, we'll see, right? All of these things, we'll see. They have no plans right now to release it on Wii, Wii U, 3DS, or Xbox One. So PS4 and Vita, I guess. And PC. I'm okay with that, though. That doesn't bug me. Those are my platforms for JRPGs to begin with. I like Wolf's statement right here. Also, we already had one self-proclaimed savior of the JRPG. They gave us time and eternity. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> did the, I, can't, I forgot they did that. <laughs> oh. I love this, though. Here is a group of people 
including one of the most storied people involved with JRPGs ever, Nobuo Uematsu. And they're trying to make a JRPG targeted at us. They're letting us fund it. And all we can be is cynical. Well, they haven't given us a reason to be legit. I know, but what does it say about us? Like, here's people from Japan trying to do what we ask for. I think it says stuff about them. Because you know what? Even someone who doesn't even like the JRPG genre, like, as as much as you guys do, I can still get excited about a new Persona game. I can still get excited about SMT4. Hell, I could even watch at E3 Final Fantasy Fantasy 15 and show some interest in what's being shown on screen. This is just a bunch of promises from people who haven't accomplished much, promising the world and the rebirth of a genre that's not dead. Oh. Thanks, Well, Manny. when you put it that way, <laughs> I guess I won't donate. <laughs> All right, that means I'm doing my $1 donation so I get the emails. $1. You know, just because, the, you know, people do this a lot. They'll try to latch on to these ideas like, oh, PC gaming is dead. Here's the rebirth of the PC of PC gaming as, you know, you play a million games on Steam. And they try to let, you know, they try to get these emotional hooks into you. Like, oh, I like JRPG. It's true. They're not like they used to be. You'll save me, won't you? Yeah, totally. Give us $10,000. Give us a money. <laughs> oh, and just for you guys know, I, and the funny thing is, is that uh, JRPG fans, I feel like, are the most, are some of the most resistant to tablet gaming. And we forgot yeah. to mention that half, a big part of this game is that it's being developed for Android and iOS tablets. Oh, I didn't see that. Really? That's half, that's like half of what the game is, is just Mac, PC. And then I and then uh, tablets. Well, what do you mean by half of what it is? Like, well, uh, that because it's, the, because from the it's, outset is to put it on iOS tablets. So that's very much part of the game design, oh, wow. right? Yeah, mainly for Windows, Mac, Linux via Steam, and our website. iOS and Android will have a different version to the PC counterparts due to limitations. So, I what does that mean? Limitations, though. I don't know. I mean, it means because there's no controller, and you want to make certain concessions to make the game fun to play if you don't have a controller. Because let's but, be honest, you know, on-screen D-pads suck. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, but also, you're making this for PC and Macs. You can't assume that the player base is going to have a controller either. You have to be able to design that for a mouse and keyboard, too. Okay. What do you use on Mac for a controller? Uh, you, it depends. If, if you're playing a Feral Interactive game, anything you have. Oh, like even an Xbox controller? They, that's that's why I say it. A feral's better than a spire. Wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. They 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 program to every single one of their games. Hmm. As a matter <laughs> of fact, they have a little plugin in the back end that they can update on the fly controller support. So if there's a new control. Logitech releases a new controller tomorrow. A feral will have that working in the game within like a week. Okay, that's pretty sweet. Aspire. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, I'm I'm just I'm wondering, like, I, I, do JRPG fans really? I don't know. I just don't. I don't. When I think JRPG, I don't think, oh, great! I can't wait to play this on my Mac, or on my on my on my Windows laptop, or oh, I can't wait to play this on my iPad. I just don't think about that. That's something hey, I never hear. I've continually said that if they released uh, the JRPGs that I do play on PC, I'd probably buy them on PC. The only thing that they seem more inclined to do these days is Japanese-made action games and release them on PC. Like, I think they're still working on that PC port of Metal Gear Rising. But, hmm. you know, that's not a JRPG. That's an action game. Yeah. So it's, but, you know, but like I said, you can assume your, your player race is going to have a controller, so they're going to at least design base level, you know, WASD or whatever and a mouse. 
All right, sorry, I'm looking for the other Kickstarter story this week. Where is that? Um, you know, I, I wish more people were open to that because I sometimes it feels like the only place a JRPG belongs is either on a handheld or on the PlayStation, <laughs> on a Sony console. I think that the indie scene is really trying to fill that gap. But I mean, even they're going to PlayStation because Sony is giving them money. All right, so you guys remember how StarCraft was going to do an MMO, or people were going to do a StarCraft MMO, and then it was like, oh, Blizzard won't allow this, and then Blizzard's like, no, you can do this. Why are they kickstarting this? They're kickstarting it now. Um, why are they kickstarting it? Well, this? let's see. They have to say, why do we need your help? Let's, let's get there. Okay, how about this? Before you get there, here's, here's, here's my instant thought, my, my quick instant ah, thing. Here we go. Yeah? I'm thinking, well, it's strange to kickstart a game within another game that you can't even really Monetize? own or yeah. buy or – do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You have to own a copy of StarCraft 2. You are kickstarting a mod, right? Yeah. That's the uh, – yeah. But hmm. it's but you still have to get it from within StarCraft 2's uh, arcade shop, right? I believe so. And like what this – I know this is not super likely, but what if, you know, StarCraft Activision Blizzard says, oh, we're shutting down support for our StarCraft 2 mod store. It's just not doing any money. So does that mean the $80,000 they raised for this is just – and the trash thrown away. That's a good question. Um, uh, all right. So here's their answer about what they, why they need funding. Upheaval has been developing StarCraft Universe for over two years with no funding whatsoever, donating their time and effort. Um, all developers had to re- have had to return to their normal day jobs, dramatically hindering progress. After releasing the StarCraft Universal Beta Prologue Chronicles of Fate to the public, we're hoping to receive backing from the awesome StarCraft community to push our project forward. Um, so basically, they're like, we're at the point where we can't do this anymore if we're not getting paid because, you know, our families need money. I don't and, know that that's a bad answer. Right. But I mean, at the same time, this is what indie studios do. They take contracts. Well, they're not an indie studio. I mean, remember, they're not going to make money on this. This is not okay. like a paid game that they can sell. I thought it was a paid mod. I don't think. Is it? I didn't know StarCraft II supported paid mods. They were supposed to a long time ago. But they I don't know. Never have. They have. Yet? Yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah. I thought they were going to do it emphasize, when they launched hold on, hold on. Dota. Right here. We must emphasize that all Axon expansions will be completely free to play through the starter edition. You don't need to pl- buy StarCraft II to play. Okay. Um, how do you play this game? So you must have an internet. You must battle net. If you don't own it. So yeah, you just download it. It's like free. So, assume, okay. but you, assume you download StarCraft II first. Yeah. So this is, I mean, that is, they even show a breakdown of their money, but I don't know how much you trust Pygraphs provided by them. must have a Battle.net account. Yeah. Can I play a demo? Yep, because they've already got a demo. Um, they show the rewards. So, I mean, this is just for fun. So right. I, I If think you put they... it that way, if you put it that way, fine. Okay, you're fine with that? All right. Yeah, fine. Okay. If it's just for fun, kick in five bucks. <laughs> the problem is they need 80 grand. Well, that's not too bad. <laughs> That's a lot better hey, than the last project, isn't hey, it? Hey, look at the Humble Origin bundle. That's like that's oh a my million gosh. people kicking in $5. I, I put in a dollar on that. No, wait. No, I did do the $5 so I could get one of those games. Um, Finally, Chris. Yeah. What? Because oh, I'm saying all of that money is going to charity. So good. I'm glad you yes, put that Yeah, I put it all to charity. And yeah, that Origin bundle made a lot more than I thought it would. Yeah, Especially because all the games are on Origin only. They don't go on you know, Steam. The funny, the funny thing is... 
is just like uh, usually with these kind of stuff, you see like a, like ten people kicking in like five hundred bucks, right? Mm-hmm. But this time you have just a million people putting in five, and that's a lot better. <laughs> hmm. A lot more. A lot of people putting a little bit of money is better than a few people putting in a lot. Wow, so, these guys have stretch goals out to a million. <laughs> we'll, $1 million. We'll build the entire Caprulu sector to explore, one zone dedicated to each notable planet in StarCraft lore. That's that's a lot of development <laughs> for like people doing it in their spare time. <laughs> All right, so if you kick $10,000 into the StarCraft MMO, and this is one slot only, so hurry now. It's still available. You'll get an entire startup zone made in your image. Dedicated to you or your character, plus a direct upheaval in the design of boss fight for StarCraft Universe under your vision. Plus design a weapon and an armored personnel character. Okay, design a bunch of crap. And you also get soundtracks and pets and the satisfaction of helping StarCraft Universe become a reality. <laughs> Someone kicked in uh, 2000 wait, $2,500. Oh, 2500 huh? What did they get? Um, that's the kernel level. Design a boss fight, plus an APC, plus some other stuff. Okay. Oh, wait, no, they only designed the boss fight. All the other stuff is just stuff you get. Oh, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, all right, so people are into this. <laughs> but it's weird, though. Like, there's no one at the $500 level. There's no one at the $1,000 level. There's no one at the $350 level. But then it suddenly jumps to one guy at 2500 well, he had some cash to burn. Or he's a plant. Hmm. So it seems like the most popular one is the $5. Yeah, a bunch of people kicking in 5 bucks. Cool, cool. Anna, why do I have a like what looks like a review copy of Soul Sacrifice in my Vita pouch? Did somebody send that to us? Yes. That's weird. Okay. I should play that. I was looking at buying it on the store. <laughs> I guess I'm glad I didn't do that. All right. Realms of Arcania launched. It's a 3D remake of Realms of Arcania, Blade of Destiny. It's available on Steam. I've never heard of this game, but we covered it. Um, and there's bugs. So they put up an apology post and a plan for when they're going to patch the game. And so if you play, bought that and are playing it and are frustrated, um, have faith because they're going to fix it, apparently. They're learning from Bethesda. No, maybe, maybe not. All right. Wait, what about Bethesda? I I said they were learning from Bethesda because to what patching. to make buggy? Yeah, the promise patches and no, this was the what I was referencing earlier in that, um, their publisher made them push it out. That's their tagline. Oh, That's really? why it got it got released with so many bugs. The problem is, is it's like, it's a post, it's a post from someone who is an ex-staffer who wasn't speaking for the company when he said that. Okay. Well, yeah, his, his line, and it was like a post on Steam. So it's supposedly that's the reason. All right. Well, we'll see if that bears to be true. Um, in the meantime, NIS has announced that there's a limited edition for a new game they were talking about called Guided Fate Paradox, which is a roguelike game coming out for PS3. I looked at this over the week, and it looked really ugly. I don't know if anyone agrees with me on that. But if you buy the limited edition, you will get a full-color 
art book, a two-disc soundtrack, framed art print from the artist Noisy Ito, and eight character cards. You can pre-order it now for 75 bucks on the NISA store. And let's see, we can check their stock level because they give you stock level. Right now it is in yellow, which means less than 75% and more than 50% stock left. I have no idea if this will be a good game. I, the trailer looks really iffy, so I didn't have any interest in pre-ordering this. Do you, do you agree, Anna? As far as I know, yeah, it's some I wasn't kind planning of, on it. It's some kind of pseudo-sequel to um, ZHP on the, P, on the PSP. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like a crossover character or something like that? No, no, just like, by, sorry, by sort of spiritual sequel, it's like takes some of the same mechanics and throws them into a new game. Hmm. I never played ZHP. I wonder if it was any good. I think I played it a bit at some point. I think point. you mentioned it, yeah, on the show at some point. Well, I mean, I remember writing news about it a while back, but mm. I think I have a copy of it on my Vita, actually. <laughs> well, there you go. Mm. Well, something you will soon be able to play on your Vita, Quinn, is Dragon's Crown, because they finally have a European publisher. Uh, it'll be NIS America, and they have the date. Um, I guess what they finally have is the date, not the publisher. October 11th. And if you pre-order it from certain retailers, you, Quinn, you can get a bonus art book. What do you think about that? What was the game? <laughs> Dragon's Crown. Oh, right. No, I'm not actually that interested in Dragon's Crown. Oh, but it got really good reviews. No? And? Okay. <laughs> I'd, probably be more in- I'd probably be more interested in getting Saints Row 4. Mm-hmm. Speaking of reviews, you can check out our review of Mario and Luigi Dream Team up now on the site. See if uh, Jumason, Mike Menke, agrees with Anna or not. Go check that out. Continuing on, I've got, I've got the solution. All our problems, guys. So gamers have this issue with, you know, being fit sometimes. No? Maybe? All right. No one's following me on that. Go on. Guess what you can get now. For $499, you will get software, shoes, belt, tracking hardware and software, and a treadmill that you can use. It's an omnidirectional treadmill that allows you to play games while on the treadmill. It's a slow needs week, huh? You can pre-order it right now. It's called the Virtuix Omni, V-I-R-T-U-I-X. I have no idea what games it will support. So really nothing else going on? <laughs> Or you can get two of them for $1,019. Yes, that's right. You can pay more to get two. That's more of an RPG than this is. (laughs) I thought it was interesting. No? All right. Here, here. Gamers, do you want to lose some weight? Go for a walk. The Virtuix Omni Ramp is a supplementary accessory rack that can be attached to the support arms of the Omni. It has a flat surface that can hold your keyboard and mouse, Rift control box, Rift or other hardware something, and the Razer Hydra base station or other controllers. No? Okay. I'm I'm curious about this. All right, whatever. Wii U pricing is not the reason that Wii U is not selling. Yeah, nobody wants it. (laughs) Yeah, the (laughs) fact... So Iwata came out and said, um, if the price is actually an issue, then there is some contradiction between the current sales balance between the basic and premium versions. The basic version should have sold a lot, but the fact of the matter is that people are buying more of the premium version. So that issue is not there. Do you buy his logic? Because I I don't think that that proves anything. It just means that you put out a crappy version of the Wii U and people aren't buying it if they're going to buy a Wii U. But okay. He then goes on to say, I understand the real issue is the lack of software, and the only solution is to provide the mass market with a number of quality software titles. 
All right, well, at least he realizes that. All right, nobody cares. All right, how about this for quality software titles? Do you guys remember Atelier Rorona? My Rorona? Atelier Rorona, The Alchemist of Arland, was an NIS title released on the PlayStation 3 and, and subsequently on the Vita um, back in 2009 in Japan, 2010 in uh, US and Europe. It's getting a remake for the same platform it originally came out on. That's right. It's going to come out again on the PS3 and the Vita, according to Famitsu. And all we have is announcement that it's going to hit Japan. And okay. What do you mean when you say remake? Like what? Game of the Year edition, enhanced version. Um, new Atelier Rorona. So it's Atelier Rorona with the word "new" in front of it. It'll use Atelier Maruru Plus as a base for the alchemy and how that stuff works. And so they're using game systems from the later games in the in the series. And it's, and that's all we know. They're going to give Rorona a makeover. So she's going to look different. And it, I don't know. They're releasing it again, basically. Why? I've heard that before. Why? If you've, like, I, like if you built a game on older tech and then you push it on a new platform and then years later you revisit it. But it's the same it... platform the first game came out on. Yeah, but that platform's like eight years old. I guess. So it, like, did But Rorona this game is only the... four years old. Huh. This is a four-year-old game they're remaking. Hey, Does but it's still halfway into soon? the gen, though. Yeah. Okay. Man, these games must sell for them in Japan. That's all I can say. Yeah. Whatever, dude. Hey, if, you, if you're the kind of guy who's going to buy it again, I'm happy for you. And one would assume... Yeah. RJ Kunten in the chat says he's got them all. Um, there's a lot of post-game content they're assuming in the chat. And, um, yeah. Okay. Wait. No, they're talking about something else. They're talking about... Zillia. Never mind. I give it up. They were talking about Zillia. They don't even care about NAS games. All right. Next story. Final Fantasy X. Hey, so you're going to buy these HD remasters, right? Sure. Are are we going to buy them, Anna? I want... The problem is, is I want them for the Vita. Yeah. And they are individually sold on the Vita. That sucks. Okay. But in addition, there's a 30-minute long radio audio drama contained in the HD remaster Final Fantasy X and X-2. So you localized get... English? They haven't said yet, but one would assume so. Well, let's hope so. So the no. Japan Japan's getting it, so hopefully we'll get it too. Yeah, but that means you'd have to find original voice actors to re-record that, right? Yeah, but Titus has been pretty much on top of things. Um, but what about Yuna's voice actress and other people? I don't know. I think they could do it if they want. No. If you shell the cash, sure. Do Anything can happen, Manny. And you know how I have proof for that? How? The fact that the Xbox One will now function without the Kinect plugged in. You mean any backtracking can happen? <laughs> yes. Any amount of backtracking can happen ever. Doing. Xbox One 80. Wait, now is it 360? It's the Xbox 360 again because they've turned around and then turned around again. or It's the Xbox 720. Hey, because it's 180 and then 720 to get back around. to Okay, yeah. So Xbox 720. You will not need this uh, Kinect plugged in. Does anybody care? Is this going to make you buy it now? No, it's just... No. no. It's not even about what are you going to buy it or not. It's just more like, what the hell? What are they doing over there? I don't know. So now instead of forcing you to have it on and being able to assume all these functionalities will be there, now a lot of them are turned into optional functionalities. So the Kinect will be just as happily adopted as the first one? Um, of course, they point out that games that require Connect, of course, will require it to be plugged into play. And Skype requires Connect. 
Yeah, that's kind of weird. So Skype is video only, I guess. Hmm. I think that's the first time they've really said that. Yeah, I think so too. But Skype is also locked behind a paywall. Their free product on every other platform, including Sony's, <laughs> is locked behind a paywall. Great. All right. Dragon Age Inquisition, the new Dragon Age game that's been taking a while to develop, which Chris has been seeing as a good sign. It's going to feature Morgan showing up in the game, but she will not be playable this time. So that's all I know. So there's a big plot involving her, and, uh, and uh, you can look forward to that if you're a Morgan fan. Manny, did you play Dragon Age 1 or 2? Uh, Dragon Age Origins, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Blizzard is teasing possible Diablo 3 expansions. So this week, the teaser website with the URL saying Reaper of Souls is on Battle.net, and we think it's um, a you know upcoming expansion for Diablo 3. We won't do have think? to wait long. Isn't uh, Gamescom this week? Oh, yes, yep. that's right. Press briefing will be on August 21st, so four days from now we will find out what's going on with Diablo 3. I'm more interested in what. why are they getting Diablo 3 out of the way? What are they planning to announce at BlizzCon that they can't bother with announcing this there? That's what I want to know. Maybe it's just a teaser trailer and then find out more at BlizzCon. Well, yeah, but then why bother? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. <laughs> it's like it's BlizzCon is already sold out, so it's not like they needed to generate more interest for it. So, oh, hmm. to yeah, maybe to sell, to sell those uh those virtual tickets. Oh, okay, maybe, I guess. Hey, that does good business for them. Well, yeah, I know I do it <laughs> every year now. <laughs> All right, Baldur's Gate is back on the App Store. Yay! So they um news regarding the Baldur's Gate EE patch and the Baldur's Gate Two EE patch will come in as they bring some heavy machinery out of storage. I don't know what that means. That's one of the guys who works on the game talking about that. Um, so I guess they've taken care of their legal issues, one would assume. Mm-hmm. And that's all we know. And it looks like they're back at work on the Android version and uh, presumably on Baldur's Gate 2, but we can't say for sure. It seems like he hints that in his tweet, though. So that's good news. Yep. Atari stopped being jerks about it or whatever is going on there. Hmm. Or they arm-twisted them to give them more money. Or a bigger percentage cut. The first something. comment on this story is, huh? I thought it was pulled from the store because it ran like crap. <laughs> Ouch. So I guess it needs that, a patch or two. Well, we'll see. Right. Don't trust every snarky comment you hear on the internet. Good point. Hmm. Oh, Earthbound. Apparently, people are buying it. Yay. For the first time in its in existence, Earthbound is getting sales in the West. <laughs> So it is the third best-selling Wii U eShop game, and I know that doesn't sound that great for the Wii U because we use a smaller console no one has, but let me tell you what it came in behind, and you'll understand why that's okay. New Super, uh, excuse me, new, new Super Luigi U and Pikmin 3 were the two titles ahead of it. So those are two current releases that have been hotly anticipated. So Earthbound being right behind that, I think that's pretty cool. And good news for Earthbound, maybe we'll get Mother 3? No. no. No, okay. Stop hoping. Just be happy we got Earthbound. Yeah. All right. Well, we're funding Nintendo to exist for another couple months by buying it. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Adventure Time! Explore the dungeon because I don't know! Is getting a collector's edition, but only on 3DS. So if you're following this, you can... The game's coming on 360, PS3, Wii U, PC, and 3DS. But if you want the collector's edition, you have to go with the uh, the 3DS version. 
and it, uh, let's see, it comes with, uh, what does it come with? A steel bookcase, a Finn and Jake's Dungeon Guide, which is a DVD. Oh, no, the Finn and Jake's Dungeon Guide and a DVD featuring actor interviews and uh, storyboard art. But if you get the Wii U version, it'll feature BMO on the gamepad, who offers game tips so, and boss hints and enemy weaknesses. A little birdie told me that the Wii U version may be the best one. Oh, really? Or at least their favorite. Because of that BMO stuff, BMO stuff, I bet. Probably. Okay. So you have to, it's hard decisions to make about Adventure Time. All right. Persona 4 Arena possibly getting a sequel. Oh, wait, it's a Japan-only patch. I was going to say, the, <laughs> from what I've heard of this one, it sounds less like a sequel and more like just one of them, you know, letter editions, you know, Capcom sequel stagnation, that sort of thing. Yeah, it looks like it's a... And it seems like... That's interesting. The representative says it's an arcade-only update in Japan. No word on it coming to consoles in North America. Or Japan, so far. Yeah. So, so this the, is Persona 4 Arena Super? Yeah, they're getting two new characters and stuff. So. I thought it was more than that. Uh, some more, st- but it, well, also, it's only it's Persona two Four Super Arcade Edition. No, because it's Basically, getting yeah. Yukari and Junpei. Yeah, I think I, I, from the screenshots I've seen, there was oh, yes. like three other shadow ones. forms of like all the other characters too. Oh, let's go back. Well, to that Super, surprise then. me. Those go back to like Guilty Gear. Okay, so there's like shadow forms of a bunch of stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's all I know. Maybe we'll get that here. That would be really cool. And next. Oh, Xbox One games. Back to the Xbox One for a second. No region locks. Yay, Quinn, right? Yeah? No? Sorry, what? No region locks on Xbox One games. Yeah, I heard about that. So that's good for you. Doesn't make me more inclined to buy one. All right. There's no region locks on PS4 games, right? No. Okay. Cool. Here's a game that uh, Anna and I played a while back, and we both enjoyed. You finished it, right, Anna? Okay. Sorcery. What? Did you I finish didn't play sorcery? sorcery? You didn't play it? No. You downloaded it. I did? Yeah, you're the one who got the review code and downloaded it. Uh, you got it from your friend. We I didn't buy it. Th- yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. That showed up because of you. Sorcery. Steve Jackson Sorcery. That was the choose oh, adventure game. Oh, oh, yes, yes. What about it? It's getting its sequel finally. Yay! Part Episode two, 2. Part 2. I don't know how many parts there are. There's like at least 3. Part yeah, 2 is coming out. I think it's actually f- planned for 5. Oh, okay. Yeah, part 2 will come out later this year. Um s- late September, early October. It's going to be like twice as many scenes and options and words as the first game, and so it'll be longer. Um, That's good because that I mean app store. that was sort of the dilemma that we have is like the first playthrough was like a couple of hours and then you could replay it a whole bunch and that was another couple of hours but it was still kind of short. It was pretty short. Um, it, really, this game I think should have all the parts out at once, but whatever they're taking their time. Uh, so look forward to that. I highly recommend this game. It is a very fun way of doing choose your own adventure on the iPad and with an interactive medium with a battle system and everything. Um, yeah, uh, check it out. It's just called Sorcery. You can play the first part right now. It's on the App Store. It's uh, Part one's coming to Android soon as well, later this year. So, there you go. Manny, how would you like to say hear someone say, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite voicemail available? No? All right. Well, if you go and contribute to Bioware's Drop Zone charity auction... Uh, in two days on August 19th, you'll be able to 
um, get to, so the auction funds are going to, what is this? I don't even know. It's going to be, the, the, the proceeds from this auction are going to be donated to another fundraiser, which is for Easter Seals, where participants rappel down the side of a building to raise money for people with disabilities. But if in this auction will be a limited edition Dragon Age lore book, a collector's edition Mass Effect art book, some comic book collections, copies of Bioware games, and other memorabilia, including a personalized voicemail greeting recorded by Mark Mir, the voice of Commander Shepard. So if you're a fan of Femship, well, tough for you. You don't get to, to bid on her. Sorry. Nope. All right. Nobody cares. Mm. Who cares? All right. As Anna told you earlier, Hearthstone has gone into beta. It is People are getting codes left and right. People are giving away codes left and right. It is a closed beta, so I think that means the game is nearly imminent. But who knows? Well, and the cash shop is active. That's a good sign that the game is pretty soon. <laughs> Um, so sign now up. they have said that there is going to be a wipe when the closed beta ends, and if you spend money on the cash shop, you will get the equivalent value in in-game gold. Okay. Cool. Well, in-game gold, but that's weird because the cash shop is gold or money. They don't list Correct. equivalent values right now. Correct. Oh, that's lame then. Hmm. All right, well, maybe we'll change that. All right, dungeon crawlers in Europe who've been waiting for Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoner Soul Hackers. September 20th is your new date, so you'll be picking that up on September 20th because, I don't know, I guess it was originally going to be the 17th, but now it's the 20th. So there you go. And I asked America to take care of you. And really, guys, that's it for the news this week. It was a slow week. I'm sorry. What about Call of Duty? I've been, I, I thought I, you thought I was joking. What? It's well, Call of Duty multiplayer is more of an RPG than ever before. Really? Absolutely. I saw like has, twenty stories in a row on Polygon about Call of Duty, and I don't know well, why. Like for example, like uh, they have full character customization now. You could be a um, man or a woman. Uh, you fully customize your guy. Of course, they have they still have the experience system, and now the perk the perk system looks more like a RPG skill tree. And you could have up to eleven of them at the time, and you pick different like branching paths. And it really is just taking those, you know, that XP system. Oh, you could even build a party now, like a squad party of AI people learn from you and you can roll with and all this other stuff. Well, how does a so, party work in a Call of Duty game? You build a squad. But, but in multiplayer, everything's controlled by people. So it's, it's You don't this... even play this game. What do you know, man? Isn't it? I'm, no, I'm I... just saying, like, they talk about how you can... Just, just watch all the stuff, man. Okay. All right. Apparently, I got to watch lots of Call of Duty videos now. No, you don't really have to. You don't care. You don't care. Also, you, the other well, big news. How will I know I care if I don't watch it? You're telling me it's good. I should watch it. You're not going to care. Okay. Well, for one, you've had a free one that you could have played for a year and you haven't. Shush. I didn't okay. have it for the whole year. Oh, and the other one I wanted to mention was uh, the, all that news dropped about the Grand Theft Auto Five. It's a multiplayer, and that is they're basically building an MMO. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, Grand Theft Auto Online. But so what was somebody comparing this to? Uh, I don't remember. APB? Well, I hope not. No, just <laughs> this, this is sort of like a real world RPG. I mean, MMORPG. Oh, they were saying it was like a PlayStation Home um, with guns. No, not in the least. No? Okay. Not even close. Who would say that? Uh, I believe uh, the Giant Bomb folks said it. Well, they're wrong. On but the okay. morning show. <laughs> okay. 
like the, what's what do, I I feel like they've never been in PlayStation Home then because PlayStation Home is garbage. You know what you do in PlayStation Home? It's a chat room. Well, it's, but I guess the that was kind of an saying that all that PlayStation Home was missing was a way to kill other people. Was the assertion by that, and that that's what this seems to give people because it's like about decorating your home and killing people. I didn't no. watch the video, so you tell me. No, <laughs> no. You you build the character. There's a story mode. You build the character. There's user created content. You you go through a story. They're promising putting you stuff. You gain experience. Well, I guess their experience here is money. You build stuff. You buy stuff. It's it's just full on MMO. Maybe they're commenting more on the state of home than they were on the commenting on the state of this game. Hmm. I'd have to. I don't know. I didn't get. The, I'd, I'd have to hear the joke. It was the Friday morning show, um, which has a terrible title. All right. Well, um, our chat room has provided a couple stories. They uh, show a screenshot of what looks like a fully 3D Pokemon game. Um, Isn't it just Pokemon Black? I mean, what, XY? No, it, it looks HD. Um, yeah. What is this new Coliseum? The, the, I don't know. It, it actually looks... It does look a little bit like a new Coliseum. It looks it? like a, either a new Coliseum or a actual 3D fighter game, but who knows what it is. Oh. Huh. I wouldn't mind an actual Pokemon fighting. Get off the shelf. Get off the shelf. Sorry. Cats on wouldn't the shelf. that be difficult, though, to, like, to learn 300 different characters? Or they just pick the best? I the think highlights. they just pick like good fighting characters. Oh, yeah. Would it just be fighting type Pokemon and a fighting type game? I think it would be fan favorites and some fighters. Huh. So I'm sure they'd throw Pikachu in there, but Lucario would be in there and some of the other people who would be good for a fighting game. I don't know. There's also a new anime coming, Project Monsters The Origin. For those who don't know, Pro- Pocket Monsters, excuse me, I said Project Monsters. Pocket Monsters The Origins uh, will be uh, basically showing red and blue, I guess. It's a TV idea? special, apparently. A one uh, time, one-off TV special. Oh, just a one-off? Oh, who cares? Yeah. So that's that's some Pokemon news. Yeah, they already announced a new series, right? The new po- XY anime is going to start airing in Japan in October. Well, that that kind of makes sense, given that the new games are coming out very soon. Do we want to? Ash looks about- great for like a forty-year-old. Hmm. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the horrible misreporting from the Polygon article? About what? Well, this Polygon article was about the growing culture of abuse from the gamers to the game developers. It's like they use the um, guy. Remember we passed around that Tumblr that was like the Call of Duty guy who got all sorts of death threats because they changed some Call of Duty guns from reloads to point one to point two. Mm-hmm. Did you guys remember that? I think I gave it to all of you guys here. No, but I remember. I've heard I it independently. Right. I remember. It, I remember it mentioned around the same time as the Phil Fish thing. Right, and I mean, there's Phil Fish, and then there's actually a girl who she was the writer for Dragon Age Infinite or Mass Effect Three. I don't. Oh, I don't have story. the story pulled up, so Mrs. she just uh, recently Mrs. quit. Uh, right. She was skipping getting death threats. Well, the, she wasn't getting death threats. She was getting death threats against her children. And so as part of that article, you know, she was like, I'm getting, you know, all of these threats and, you know, people email me and it's like, you should have aborted your children because they have a terrible mother now. And so she quit for a lot of reasons, most of which was family and some of which was this, you know, abuse that was being heaped upon her. And of course, the rest of the internet reports, you know, Mass Effect 3 writer quits over death threats. It's like... Except she said she didn't quit over these death threats. Hmm. Oh, yeah, echo so, chamber. It happens. 
No, it's just like uh, that story that's going around about how Glenn Close is the is the cat lady in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> and then and then I guess that story, and of course, then Gizmodo or like Io Nine repeats that, and then every other site repeats what Io Nine said because it's a Gawker blog. Well, and, and speaking of, course, of Gawker, do we want to talk about this idiot Kotaku story about how GameStop is printing copies of games now? Oh no, they weren't. Pr- I don't know if it's idiotic, uh, but I was it's say, still kind of dirty on GameStop. Kotaku story. Um, sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing: is a couple of YouTube bloggers and Kotaku all came out with this story this week that GameStop is printing copies of Xenoblade and selling them used for ninety dollars. So sure many printing? things wrong with this. <laughs> yeah, they said so. Uh, <laughs> The people from complaining what I about it is said that printing. they had copies that they didn't sell as new. They got shipped back to their factories and then just opened them, put them back on the shelves. Mm, but that's not what they're accusing them of doing. But that's what I'm heard is actually happening, though. Um, here's the thing. Sorry. Um, if you maybe if you stopped eating during the show, you could talk. <laughs> yeah, we're done like in five minutes, Anna. <laughs> Can't you just wait? <laughs> and I'm thirsty. I need to take a sip. Oh, will you just tell us already? Okay, so number one, there was only two print runs of this game. So it is entirely possible that they did actually sell out of the game. Number two, GameStop just had like a month-long, you know, trade-in-your-summer-crap promo where they gave something like $40 for Xenoblade. So if the game is completely unavailable new... And they already paid $40 for it pre-owned. Yeah, they have every single right to uh, to charge $90 for it used. More to the point, it is also $90 used. It has been $90 used for like two months on Amazon and eBay. But those are individual sellers, though. But who cares? If that's the standard price, then why is GameStop in the crap house for selling it for that price? And the individual sellers aren't. Because it's a big corporation. Whatever. Everybody likes to hate GameStop. So apparently if GameStop does anything that attracts attention, it must be because they're evil. What are we we saying? GameStop is a poor victim here? No, I'm saying that in this case, it may actually be entirely possible that they didn't have new copies. Something that seems to be neglected in the reporting so far. Well, the other stuff, but like I said, though, the other part I heard was that they did have some new ones in their things. They sent them back. And eventually. I mean, here's the thing is that GameStop is known for doing skeezy crap. Like, and this is something that I was talking about with Chris this morning is one of the video logs we were talking about is a guy who claims to be a former GameStop employee and his um, store had defective Mad Cats controllers and they didn't pull them off the shelves because EB Games way of thinking is that, you know, if they're defective, they have to bring them back in. And that gets gets your customers back in the store. And I mean, here's the thing is when I worked at EB Games, we had a similar problem where we had some Mad Cats courts that were like cheap. um, Hey, what's what's the thing that isn't the three prongs? An RF adapter? Does that sound right? Sure. So these RF adapters were mad cats. They weren't expensive. They were like 10 bucks. The problem is, is they had a really high fail rate, like 50%. And so we got like a, an email from head office that was like, 
hey, we understand that there's a significant number of returns for these products. If someone comes in and wants to return it, you can offer them another one or you can offer them store credit. And that was how they dealt with it because Mad Cats didn't want to pull them out of the store because they weren't all defective. And of course, that is the EB Games mentality. If they have to come in to exchange it, they're back in the store. So, I mean, it's good business sense and it's terribly skeezy. So, yeah, it sucks, but I don't see why anybody has an expectation that they would do something different. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Sorry, the chat room is demanding me have more camera footage of my cat and but, so i've been playing with the camera <laughs> oh yeah like i was saying i was muted that the, the story is kind of twofold in that because GameStop is so disliked as soon as there's any negative story about them people are more than willing to to believe right. it but i mean i think that it should be clear that i don't think that gamestop has the capacity to print games no, no. If that's what you're saying, you're absolutely right. I, I I heard a different version of it completely. But there you go now. This is now there's different versions of the same story going around. Right. So and I mean, shouldn't Kotaku of all people know better than to print a story about GameStop making games? It's on Well and I think you answered your own question. <laughs> it is This is a former RP gamer employee here who made the story, isn't it? So what you're saying we shouldn't was it know Mason? better? Well, I I thought it was a Schreier story. Oh, was it? Yeah. My bad. But maybe he didn't make the assertions about them printing games. I don't. I'm know. not yeah, gonna. Yeah, I'm he not gonna. Just... You sure? Yeah, he may have changed the story at this point. But it well, originally... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's make sure it was him first. You don't want to cast aspersions on former friends and current friends, and you know, you know, no. I can't get you. Can't get you to be happy, Anna. Hmm. Okay. Well, whatever. Um, the point being that GameStop doesn't make games, and we shouldn't think that they do. Right? That's the important part. Hello? Okay. Nobody cares. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> so, what else we got going on? I guess that's it, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Unless I'm missing something. Slow week. Yeah, it is. It's one of those weeks, guys. So if you'd like to contribute to the show and give us more to talk about, board.rpgamer.com is where our message boards are. Go put a post up about anything. Um, what should we give them for a discussion topic this week, Manny? Didn't we already see the Kickstarter stuff? Kickstarter stuff? I love it. So what have you been contributing uh, to Kickstarter? Let's have another Kickstarter discussion because honestly... Well, not those Kickstarter are... necessarily. Any crowdfunding. What do Any you crowdfunding. crowdfunding. All right. Because that, that stuff never gets old. Um, <laughs> in addition... You can email us at podcast at rpgamer.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash rpgamer. I am at Sobin1001. Manny, what are you at? I'm tired. You're tired? No, no. What's your Twitter handle? Oh, who cares? <laughs> He's at Marino EM, right? Yeah. Or is it at EM Marino? No, it's Whatever. Marino EM, I think. Yes. Who cares? <laughs> and the Renew Nobody follows. Is... You know, we say this every week. Oh, we don't get again. new followers. Anna Marie Privateer is at AM Privateer. P R I V I T E R E. And let's see. Uh, oh, John, you are at Mecha Quinn, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Everyone's so depressed now. Why is everyone depressed? Oh. 
What a downer. All right. Well, we need to come back to you with a upper show next week. So I need all of you to do this favor for me. Everybody who's listening, call us and leave us a voicemail. 608-729-4098. 608-729-4098. Call and leave a very short voicemail and we'll play them all in succession next week. But they need to be really short. So try and keep them under 10 seconds. Okay? Oh, in that case, I don't just want to hear like a million calls about what people think. It's just going to be a list of games people have backed crowdfunding. Do we need another question? Okay. Two. How about two? So it's just not like, hi, this is blah, blah, blah from blah, blah, blah. I back blah, 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 blah. So what's the other question then? I know. Somebody quick. Somebody quick. Give us a question. Ah! I don't really uh, know. How about this? How about something? So we talked about two games that aren't traditionally RPGs but have, are taken heavily from various MMOs or various RPG genres like Call of Duty and GTA. I don't, um, I don't know. How do you feel about non-RPGs that are feeling more and more like RPGs all the time? Where do you draw the line? Or how about what what franchise would you like to see more RPG elements in that would draw you in more? Okay. Sounds good. Um, if you're going to talk about that, you might need more than 10 seconds on your call. So 30 yeah. seconds. 30 seconds or less. Um, please, please, please. If you're over 30 seconds and I get a ton of calls, you're not being played. Just, just so you know. All right. Yeah, that's right. So if we get four calls, you're not getting played because that's a ton. <laughs> You'll have to. That's the risk you're taking. You don't know what I'm going to consider to be a ton. Mm-hmm. 608-729-4098 calls in. Uh, or you can uh, submit an MP3 show to the email address, an MP3 file to the email address. We'll play it right here on the show. And I think that's it. Thank you for joining us this week. Come watch next week live, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, right at rpgamer.com slash live. we got a chat room. we got a Twitch window. You can watch the show live and contribute to the cat, uh, the chat room, which is I almost called the cat room because they keep demanding me showing my cat on camera. So you can be part of that fun and more by joining in at RP Gamer. Join our community, play some games with us, and uh, have fun at rpgamer.com. So, what are you uh, playing next, Chris? You just finished... Phoenix Wright, what are you going to next? Uh, I didn't Sky fully two? finish Phoenix Wright. I got episode, I've got the third game of Phoenix Wright to finish. Jeez. Yeah, um, it's a lot so of no them. RPG talk from Chris for the next two years. I know, right? Um, I also um, am downloading Disgaea 2 right now. All right, so there you There's go. There's some RPG stuff. Um, you guys I'm also him on Twitter. Make, him sure, make sure he plays Disgaea 2. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe getting the Let's Play business myself. So go I need to it. figure out how to do that. So i got to think about some hardware suggestions and how I would schedule it, but that would be fun. Would I harass I, him I, on Twitter so he makes sure he does it. i, I got to figure out if I should do it on the RP Gamer account or on my own accounts. You, you can know? do both. Hmm. Double post. Non-RPGs on the other account, RPGs on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, well, with that, I will leave you all till next week, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye, everybody. Later, everybody, buddy, bye, buddy, bye, later. Bye, bye, bye.